And now it's really a privilege and an honor to introduce our next speaker, Ed Baroff, who is a member of our congregation and our mighty choir. It's always a blessing when congregants come up to me and want to talk theology. What a treat. And in the course of the conversation, I said, Ed, you've got a sermon in you. Would you ever consider sharing that on a Sunday morning? And he said, yes. Please welcome Ed Baroff. Hi, my name is Ed Boroff, and I use he, him pronouns. A couple of Christmas Eves ago, I heard Reverend Maria Christina say, um, in this season, we are celebrating the coming of the light. And like a good Unitarian, I thought, well, when do we celebrate the coming of the dark? <laughs> so, uh, you know, and as my mind wandered, I also, <laughs> I also thought, why is it in the time when in the natural world the earth is renewing itself and regenerating itself and it is fallow? And at this very time, we have three of the biggest celebrations where we are busier, crazy busy sometimes, and we have no time to think about what, you know, just taking time off. So today, I would like to talk. So one of the things I, I noticed when I was thinking about this was when I close my eyes, there are no stars. There's no east, no south, no, no west, and no north. There are no points of reference. <clears throat> I want to talk about the inner darkness. So before I start, I wanted to talk about some, another thing that I've been thinking about, my pronouns for God. Originally, it started out as he, and then I heard about how it impacted women, and I thought, well, it would be interesting to talk about, talk of God in the she pronoun and see what we learn. And when I heard about the gender spectrum, I thought, well, they fits more because I, it's like talking about God, uh, electricity is he or she. So I also was thinking about mushrooms and mycelium. <laughs> and I thought about how the mycelium are throughout the lawn and through a lot of forests and, and a lot of the land, grasslands. And I thought, you know, that's, that's more about what I feel like God is. That God is this underground root system, very active and alive, that occasionally pops up and we see. And at that time, the pronoun us came to me. And 
I use that, I'm saying this for myself as much as anything. Because when I said that, my consciousness shifted. And I became present and grounded in my everyday life. Now that I'm older, I find myself waking up in the middle of the night and my mind goes on topics that sometimes uh, when I think about the world, I get scared about and I can't get my mind to just quiet down. And so in those times, I start praying. I, I pray for my mind to shut up. <laughs> and I pray for the blessings of sleep. And sometimes a space opened, opens inside me and I go into it and I am present and centered and there is no time. I am grateful for the blessings of that presence. I heard a story in a CD about mentoring about a group of Hawaiians who wanted to learn the traditional way of navigating outrigger canoes. And so they searched in the island and they found an old navigator and he agreed to teach him the traditional ways of navigating. The first thing that he did was he had them go out in the canoe, take off their clothes, and lay face down in their, in their canoes so that they could feel the ocean and its ways in their body. Then he took them out and he taught them how to paddle in the open ocean, how to read the winds and the waves, and at night, how to navigate by the stars. After months and months of doing this, they decided to have a final lesson, to take the canoe out in the open ocean at night in between islands. Now, there was a young man who had just gone around and hung out with a navigator. And he was the one that was navigating the boat. But the old man was guiding him as he was doing this during these training periods. Before they went out on this last paddle, he went to this young man and he said, I will be in the boat with you but I will be in the front holding a light and I will not guide you at all. So they shoved off at dusk and the stars were out, or came out and the winds were fair. As they paddled between the islands, the winds got stronger and the waves got bigger and before they knew it, they were in a big, big storm with the waves crashing and the wind blowing in all different kinds of directions and the young navigator didn't know what to do. True to his word, the old man held a light in the front of the boat 
and said nothing. As they paddled on, scared as they were, the young navigator slowly sensed inside where they needed to go, what direction they needed to to take, and he navigated them to safe harbor. So what this spoke to me about was an inner sense of knowing. And at this time of year, when we have the longest nights, we have the opportunity to go inside and listen to what's going on there. Now, another thing that goes on is that throughout my life, when things aren't going well, I have a tendency to be self-critical. I'm angry at myself, and I'm scared, and I pretty much fall apart inside. So this last fall, I thought, you know, I need a place inside me where I have an unquestioned sense of love for myself and acceptance for my whole being. My whole being. No matter whether I am making mistakes, knowing that I'm doing the best that I can. And I was doing some reading in the book Kitchen Table Wisdom by Rachel Naomi Raymond, and I came upon a word that gave me, the, I gave me a sense of what this was. It is called carencia. And I looked up a definition of the word. And the one I liked the most was, carencia can be a physical place at the foot of a favorite tree, a cozy window seat, a forest path. Or it can be a place inside us where where we breathe into our own strength and feel our own certainty. A certainty that we don't need to share with anyone else or proselytize to others to convince ourselves. Rachel Naomi Raymond writes herself, For humans, carencia is a place in our inner world. Often, It is a familiar place that has not been noticed until a time of crisis. Sometimes it is a viewpoint, a position to conduct life, different for each person. Often it is simply a place of deep inner silence. We are water bearers living in the, space, in, the, in the interplay of the earth and the sky. My hope is that someday, when I am in my deep inner silence, my carencia, experiencing my wholeness, that I will sense the invisible, sacred mycelium that runs through the earth and the sky and the light and 
dark and the we becomes us. Thank you so much, Ed. That was so, so beautiful. Black male, black market, black sheep, black ball, black list, the dark day of the soul. The term theology derives from the Greek theologia, a combination of theos, God, and logia, utterances, sayings, oracles, the latter word relating to the Greek logos. Well, in seminary, my courses taught me about theology, taught me to analyze biblical passages, the nature of religious language, and to interrogate God, God's relationship to humans, to nature, and how God reveals himself, herself, themselves to humankind. In feminist theology, we went further in the study of the word within the context of the patriarchy, biblical narratives that contain many instances of physical, sexual, and religious violence against women. We learned to apply what my teacher called hermeneutics of suspicion and to reinterpret the scriptures as we read about the lives of women like Hagar and Tamar and others. We learn not only to interpret the words, but also to interpret the silence, the absence of women. Applying a subversive feminist lens and critical analysis, we learn the value of questioning, challenging, and re-envisioning the relationship of humans to the divine. In Latin American liberation theology and in womanist theology, in ecofeminism and queer theologies, there were the voices of the oppressed. There were the stories that lifted up the poor, that lifted up indigenous people, black people, and gave us the tools that would unpack and dismantle theologies of oppression and offer us an opportunity to decolonize our language and our theologies. At the heart of this liberation theology is relationship, that mycelium that Ed was talking about, how we are all interconnected, which is at the heart of being Unitarian Universalists. In liberation theology, relationship is more important than dogma. So it is in our denomination. In 2021, the UU World Magazine published Reverend Kristen Harper's article entitled, A Theology of Darkness. Reverend Kristen is a UU minister who identifies as a spiritual humanist, and in her article, she invites us to consider a new way of relating to the darkness. She begins by focusing on how our language, when referring to blackness or brownness, 
is disempowering. Even those who might find in observing the seasons an opportunity to reflect on winter, still they highlight the return of the light. As a student of religion and race, Reverend Kristen encountered time and time again language that equated darkness and blackness with something negative, ugly, evil, sinful, dangerous, without honor, and that even represented the absence of God. She makes a direct connection between the use of such language and the dehumanization of black and brown people. So she proposes that we have to construct and reimagine a theology of darkness so that we can relearn to appreciate the darkness. A new theology that recognizes blackness, darkness as healing, promising, life-giving, and a conduit to the divine. For Reverend Kristen, the divine resides in us, just like Ed said before. Coming up with the pronoun us, There is the miracle of interconnection. Reverend Harper describes a theology of darkness as a theology rooted in relationship with one another, with the earth, with God, with the spirit of life, all that is holy and the higher good that can occur when we recognize and affirm our interdependence. This relationship impacts how we view and treat others, and how we respond to injustices. And she leaves us with homework, which I will pass on to you now. She asks us, what is your relationship to God, to the holy, to nature, to humanity? What is your relationship to black, to brown, and darkness? What are some positive imageries of darkness and blackness? How might your understanding of black and dark deepen your relationship with people who are black or brown? Let us hold that homework in our minds and hearts and continue this conversation. Thank you.